Hi, it's Curiosity reporter Adriana Cardona Magigad. It's summertime in Chicago, and once again, teen gatherings are in the news. Hundreds of teens flock to the Loop or other parts of the city. It looks like they're headed to a concert or a festival, but often there's no real reason. Most of these teens are just looking for a place to hang out. But sometimes, things get out of control and the gathering ends up making negative headlines. We guesstimate probably three to 400 kids running about. The chaotic scene at 31st Street Beach. Let's get back A so-called teen takeover, which has happened before, according to third ward alderwoman Pat Dowell. We have seen over the last few years um, a growing trend of young people gathering through social media calls. TV news shows shocking images, and people have gotten hurt. Many people fear going downtown now because this incident reinforced the narrative that Chicago is dangerous. And it got one of our Curious City listeners wondering, who's behind the social media blasts to the so-called teen takeovers? These events aren't new. I reported on this in 2019. We got one. It says, trend, trend, trend. We're at North Avenue Beach. It says, no dusties, get there, July. Coming up, we'll hear from the kids themselves and local activists to find out what's really going on there and why this continues to be an issue. All that after the break. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. If you ask any teen in Chicago where they like to go for fun, the answers aren't surprising. People go to the movies, people go to the mall, people go to the beach, people go downtown. It just, wherever people just want to go hang out at. We just young, trying to have fun. That's all we want to do. not dangerous at all. Places like Water Tower, Grand Park, or the 31st Street Beach have always been popular spots. But in recent years, young people have been showing up in these places in large groups. And what might start as one small fight can grow into a stampede. Recently, a young woman was run over. A couple was assaulted in the loop. Some teens were shot in April. And about a year ago, 16-year-old Shandell Holiday was shot and killed in Millennium Park right by the bean. Over the years, people like our question asker have wondered, how do these gatherings get so big? How are these meetups organized? I spoke to a group of teens on a recent Saturday. They say they usually see invites on social media. You usually find out about them on Facebook. Everybody make a little fly, put everybody on there, like get in there. Oh, bro. So, okay, so you guys, see, do, you, do you also see the flyer on Facebook? Yeah. It'd be, like, it be like the location where it's going to be at. Then it just be like getting there. The people be like, leave your beef at home. Depending on what day it was, they're probably training for like a whole month. 
So imagine a whole month of thousand of kids sharing one flyer. Of course, it's gonna get some type of attention, especially certain kids that be on the flyer or whatever. Some kids that's more popular than others, they want to participate in that. Some those flyers also show up on platforms like Twitter and Snapchat, and they spread like wildfire. They're usually colorful and creative, and some of them include the words trend, 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 and invite teens to hang out at a public place. Teens call these meetups, quote, trends, and they are particularly popular among black teens. 20-year-old Lil Troop used to go to these meetups a few years ago. Lil Troop is his artist name. We're not using his full name to protect his privacy. He says he's seen the flyers online, and he's even made his own. On my birthday, I made a flyer probably like three weeks before, which uh, making sure I post it every day. Got about, I don't know, about almost, it was a little house, a little kickback, house, a little party, but about 50 to 100 people, kids, so 50 to 100 kids. He says his meetup was pretty laid back, no fights. I asked him to describe the flyer that he made for that event. Uh, it said my name, my friend name, it said kickback, it had us on the picture, on the, it had like six of us on the flyer, one of those type of flyers. <laughs> so stupid, oh my god, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> Back then I can't say that was the moose. <laughs> That's so stupid. I think it had probably like one time when there was a Lil Troop says his party was meant to be positive. He told people to leave the BS at home. Teens have been making these flyers for years. Anyone can make one. So we actually found out a few of the people who were organizing the flyers and sharing them on social media. That's Fondell Singleton. He heads CHAMPS, a mentoring program for teen boys. Fondell says you might think adults in their 20s are making these flyers. Come to find out 14, 15 year olds are organizing and through the magnification of social media, sharing, and now you got thousands of older people, younger people, kind of mixed in, all saying we want to go downtown and trend, trend, trend on the flyers. We've been seeing the same things. Vondel says he's impressed by how creative teens can get. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, kids want to have fun. You know, it's a few bad apples. All of them are not bad. But he says it's a problem when teens show up in a massive group with no structure or agenda. As an older teen, Lil Troop realized it didn't matter whether he was there to simply have fun with friends or how mellow he and his friends try to be. Everyone going there would be perceived as a troublemaker. And at the time, I really thought it was fun, but really, it's not fun. Especially, a lot of kids don't understand. Once they get caught up into the stuff, they, they realize, like, man, it ain't, it ain't as fun as we thought it was. Now we fighting against this. Now we fighting against the police, and now we got cases and not like a lot of kids are really like uneducated about what's going on so they just do it's a lot of followers despite the downsides 
he understands why teens still want to check it out. They don't really know. They don't. It's not too much, too many things to do out here. It's dried out for me. I don't do that stuff no more. Like my 17, 18, I stopped for sure. And I, I started realizing like this ain't cool. Chicago's past responses include tighter curfews on teens and more policing. For years, police have monitored online activity and looked for trend flyers. Cops are often deployed to meetups with mixed results. They're trying to disperse the crowd and keep things from getting out of hand, but sometimes arrests are made. Last year, after Chandel Holiday was fatally shot, the city expanded curfew hours. They now start at 10 p.m. for all teens, seven days a week. Fred Waller is the Chicago Police Department's interim superintendent. He said CPD is focusing on specific areas where there's been large gatherings, including the Loop. We have to really deploy laser focus and, and put the people where we need them and still be able to uh, pivot and move resources when we have to. So that's really the key to it, being able to move resources when we need to. The city is deploying foot patrol throughout downtown and some neighborhoods and they're trained on how to de-escalate situations. The goal is to prevent violence by spotting and deterring unwanted behavior and illegal activity. But Vondel and community leaders say these meetups are the result of bigger issues. If you ask a young person on the south or west side, hey, do you go to your local park? You know what they say? And I've asked this question dozens of times. They say, Mr. Singleton, the reason why I don't go is because I don't feel safe. Others, like Asara Lewis from the youth-led organization Good Kids Mad City, say teens have a hard time accessing programs they'll like to be part of, like music production and poetry slams. She says there needs to be more open mic events to show off their creative side. Asara is 23 years old. In high school, she was part of Kumbal Links, a hip-hop arts organization with locations on the north and west sides but traveling to these places was hard for her. I had to trek from the south side to the west side in Humboldt Park to go to school and then to the north side to get to Kumba Links and then back to the south side for home. So it was kind of like a, a I was on the bus a lot. <laughs> Asara says not all teens have the kind of encouragement or even the time to participate in these programs. But are any of these strategies, the curfews, the surveilling of social media, the patrolling, are they working? These gatherings are still happening. And teen advocates say a couple of things. Young people are making a statement each time they organize these meetups. And to understand that message, you need to know these kids better. More on that coming up. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I discovered authors I had never heard of and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. Lil Troop, 
the young man who used to go to trend events and even organized his own says, some teens out there are angry and meeting them where they are means helping them redirect their negative feelings caused by economic hardships, violence, or family problems. He knows that from experience. Yes, I was angry every day. I did them things to escape my anger. I did them things really like, hmm, I don't want to be in the house all day, be angry. On top of that, I ain't really got nobody around, be around for real anyway, so I'm going to go outside and uh, enjoy myself as much as possible. So it was more of I'm trying to have fun, but I can't say I was angry every day. <laughs> Lil Troop grew up in Chicago, but he moved to Texas with his mom. He didn't like it there, so he came back to Chicago on his own at the age of 15. Uh, I didn't get all the support that I really needed. Uh, I was moving all around in Chicago. I'm talking about house to house to house. Uh, I was pretty much mad every day. I had to fend for myself. I had to really like go outside and really think about what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to go. What time? What, like I made my own decisions at 15, 16, 17. I was making all my own decisions. What time I'm going to bed, what time I'm going to school. I was doing all things that I felt like can make me most happy and at the darkest times of my life. The last four years of my life have probably been the worst. Bondell Singleton has been helping young men like Lil Troop channel that anger in positive ways. Lil Troop went through Bondell's program and it changed his perspective on life. He now works with the organization mentoring teens in local schools. Bondell tries to make those connections with young people and offer an alternative to trends. His group recently held a march. I think a march just opens up eyes. It brings awareness to the community. The only way we're going to make a loud voice is to come together and make a chant and march against violence. Some of us used to gang base. Some of us used to gang base. No more. So we went from 39th and King Drive, walked up to 47, came down, and then we came right here to Cottage Grove. It was really beautiful, really powerful. No issues, no fights, no quarrels, no bitterness, no problems, super smooth. The After the march, they ate together, played basketball, and listened to music into the afternoon. And guess what? It's like a big family reunion. And people don't even know each other, but it's the spirit of what we're trying to do that people appreciate. And the thing that I love the most is kids are happy. They feel safe. They feel uh, accepted and they feel invited into a public space which belongs to them anyway. Bondel says there needs to be a clear strategy that is not just about patrolling and punishment. His organization has developed something called Operation Trend. If you can get as much preventative work done, you won't have to do as much intervention. And our idea is let's engage them in the communities through organizational leaders and organizations that are working with young people at the parks. Let's get them out there. Let's do a cookout. Let's have, like we have a Born to Win conference coming up. We got a Father's Day event. And that's right within their community. But again, it's led by organizations that they trust. The reactive response, he says, includes a group of dedicated individuals. And anytime a trend event pops up on social media, they can intervene and redirect kids to something they actually enjoy, like music, food, open mics. But it'll require serious investment from the city.
Other organizations are holding similar events to engage kids on the weekend. Asara Lewis with Good Kids Mad City says these are very important, but they are band-aids for larger problems like lack of investment in black and brown communities, poor performing schools, and gun violence. Asara says black teens should be able to go downtown and to other neighborhoods. They need to feel like this is their city too. But she says big music festivals like Lollapalooza can make black teens feel like the city isn't for them. Because the tickets are super expensive, they're usually you know, taken up by suburban folks or folks that are coming and traveling from outside the city. Um, and then also the way in which our young people are treated downtown are drastically different than the way that these, you know, white suburban kids or, you know, travelers are treated. Mayor Brandon Johnson says he's committed to centering youth voices when it comes to policies and decision making. Asada says she's eager to see that happen. To see downtown how much effort they put into stopping young people from gathering, how much are we willing to invest in the future of our young people? to give them an opportunity to be the changes that we want to see from them. Like, they have to want that for themselves. We can't make them want anything. She says adults need to really listen, to really pay attention to what teens are saying and how they want to spend their time. Asara says this conversation has been going on for years, and it's time to try something new. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation and is produced by Jason Mark and Joe DeSoe. Maggie Sivit is the digital and engagement producer. Marie Mendoza is our podcast fellow. And Susie On is our editor. I'm Adriana Cardona Magigad. Thanks for listening. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.